I hate running out of boost so much. <laughs> so you have you have power back, right? Well, I I never Finally. lost. I, mean, I lost power for like five minutes, maybe. Mm. Like you know, did my, you lose water? Oh yeah, I lost water big time, man. That was pretty bad. Oh shit! Yeah, and then when I got water back, it was contaminated. That was pretty rough. At too. least you could boil though. And it's true. I mean, my like I said, my energy went out for like five minutes, so my stove was on, and I could heat water up, and that's what I have to do. So fun times, man. Fun times. <laughs> Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands? Oh, let's stop that one right there. Wait. Sorry, guy. Welcome back. And a quick apology. We know you're all looking forward to our first interview. So are we. Uh, last night, we had... We, There's a combination we of in, things. I mean, like... There were a few factors that played in. But uh, let's just go with there were some technical issues. Mm-hmm. And we were unable to, uh, we were unable to successfully uh, conduct and record the interview. Having said that, I did have a nice time sitting at the bar with Dave having a few drinks. So, I nice. mean, let's yeah. I'm we glad conducted that a pre-interview. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, basically what happened was, like, I was trying to coordinate the meeting between you guys and Pat and everything, and I'm here down in Texas, and I'm talking to, to Pat uh, over at the Herdat Studios, and it's like, you know, my internet was out, emailing is kind of tough, and my phone wasn't working, too. My phone was out. I don't know why. Like, I, I couldn't even, like, call my manager at work when I was like, hey, my internet's well, it's probably there was no power to the... Uh, the cell towers right yeah it's so cold the batteries probably died yeah so my, so my phone wasn't working so i was trying to coordinate things with you and pat and dave you know and i'm arranging a meeting for you guys in lincoln and i'm in dallas where there's no internet and my phone's not yeah. working so well, that made things a little yeah, tough so dave so and we, i were agreed on the time and the place so we we made that work we showed up and it turns out that uh there's just been that miscue between us and, yeah. and some of our guys where i guess we'd said like hey we're we're meeting in Lincoln, right? Yeah. I guess that, that so, email never made it mm-hmm. where it was supposed to. And so... Yeah, like the whole like, hey, we're exactly where we're meeting again. You know, so um, I apologize, everybody. Dave, I'm so sorry. I hope, you have, I, hope I can have you back on next week. I, Dave, I think Dave's looking forward to it. So I think it's a fun time. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if anybody knows me, if you've been around me long enough, you just know that I'm notorious for... Um, over-promising and, um, wait, no, sorry, under-promising and under-delivering, so. At least you're consistent. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I do my best. Actually, I, I don't. I just say that because it's good rapport. He, he <laughs> does. I do. That's it. That's about it. <laughs> so, Aaron is doing a job. Yes, I do a job. Sometimes, as you guys have probably all picked up on, because you guys are really smart econoholics. Econoholics? Econoholics. Okay. There we go. But you guys have probably figured out that there are some weeks where I'm on my game and, you know, I show up to this presentation well prepared. And then there's other weeks in where which... you don't have power yeah, for I a just, few days. Yeah. And, and you don't have water. And so even if you wanted to be prepared, you couldn't be. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's 10 shots before the mic is hot because I'm just that underprepared. Un- under so. Well, dude, it was cold. You had to stay warm somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways, I just want to come out, address this real quick, say, hey, I'm, I apologize. Next week, we'll have Dave on, even though it is our one-year birthday. It is the Drunkonomics one-year birthday this week. So, happy birthday to us. I'm drinking yeah. really nice high-end bourbon right now. Yep, I opened the uh, I opened my uh, Glenn Levitt rum cast. Excellent choice. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice job, Erica. Wow, yeah, that's thanks, awesome. Thanks, babe. 
I love you. I know you, I know you love her. But anyways, <laughs> uh, let's actually talk about some things because this was a pretty eventful week. I think starting with bonds. Let's, let's do bonds first. Okay. This is really unusual. I mean, and it shouldn't be unusual, but like the yield curve is actually going back to its normal shape. And last year, for our very first episode, we talked about the yield curve. And for the first time in a long time, the spread between the two and the 10, I think it crept over one. I don't even know. I, I wasn't paying attention, but we're now seeing yields, bond yields, treasury yields start to rise a little bit. And the 10 year is rising a little bit faster than the two year. So I thought that was really interesting. And I think the markets are kind of reacting similarly. Not similarly. You know, the markets are kind of reacting. It's, just like we said a year ago, we were talking about that. There's that question of like, is that inverted bond yield? Is that the indicator? Or is, is that it the other? cause? Or is that just an indication of sentiment? And honestly, if there hadn't, if COVID hadn't hit last year, I don't know that we would have seen the kind of like the weakening markets the way we have. Oh, absolutely but not. What I will say is that looking at the um, at that increasing spread, usually that is indicative of a slowing economy or a weakening economy. Well, hold on, so, hold you know, on. But usually, you're seeing an economy that's way too fast paced. The two ends up rising above the ten year yields, but now because the ten year yields are starting to come up really, really sharply. In comparison to the other yields and all that kind of stuff, because the, the tens are coming up, you're saying that it's like a forecast of a slowdown in the economy? Yeah. So what we see is that in a business cycle, if you see that your yields start to tighten, mm-hmm. that would mean the economy is kind of speeding up. Right. Whereas when the, you see this widening in our spreads, it's generally an indication of a slowdown. Does that necessarily work for the 2021 economy based on the 2020 economy? No, not really. I have no idea. Yeah. Because nothing has been true based on the historical... We don't have economic research from the Black Death to compare to, right? So we don't we don't really have a whole lot of economic research Wait, from- So you're saying the S&P 500 during the Black Death plague didn't respond the way it did during COVID? Well, it didn't exist. So oh, I mean, let's start dang. with that one. Wow. Um, and the next thing is if we were to try and take like the Spanish flu and compare that, well, we can't compare that either because the First World War- was screwing with the economy, right? So well, like, and let's be honest, like the markets are so much more liquid now than they ever have been. Uh, the oh, yeah. access to capital is insane. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how easy it is for people well, to you've finance. Well, you've got 0% interest, basically. So yeah. you've got free money the banks are getting, and you've got, you know, the banks, because there's low interest rates, they can't, they have to do more to make money. So they, right. you know, they're almost certainly issuing loans, more loans than historically they yeah, have. But I, I, so I mean, you, but like when you, when you think about it, like so the very first thing that we talked about when we were starting economics was back in 2019, late 2019, that's when the yield curve started to invert between the two and the 10. Mm-hmm. And around that time, yeah. like, you know, we saw it flattening and then we we're like, whoa, like, is anybody noticing this? Right? <laughs> like you and me, we're just sitting around in the bar going like, hey, is anybody noticing this? You know, the two and the 10 are flat. Yeah, we're basically the same. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden the Fed decides to announce this repo program, <clears throat> excuse me, repo program, repo program, and then it lifted the 10 years. So yeah. I mean, that repo program kept the yield curve from inverting. You know, you start <laughs> to wonder because like market manipulation isn't good, but at the same time you do want, as an accountant or with an accounting education, you talk about things like, okay, are we smoothing data or are we, right. are we corrupting exactly. data? And it's like, well, when you smooth it, yeah, the timing may not be great, but the lines make more sense. It becomes more consistent. You don't well, see jagged, wild swings. Well, I mean, it's like when you issue when you issue a ton of bonds, right? I, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know how many bonds the government issued. I, I think late say. summer, early fall, or maybe, I don't know, I forget. It was a long time ago. But they issued a bunch of bonds, and 
I mean, no one bought them. Like, no one bought those bonds. And then the banks, they, the big banks are kind of like, you know, we kind of have to buy bonds, so we're going to buy bonds. But then, like, I mean, most of the bonds are just sitting there. That kind of led the 10-year yields to drop a little bit. And not to mention, when 10-year yields drop, when this riskless asset is decreasing in value, I mean, people want to hedge against that or they want to protect their money. So, I mean, they got to put it somewhere. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the way it makes sense to me in my head for the psychology of well, the way people invest. But when 10-year yields drop, I feel like a lot of people, they're like, hey, I want a higher return for my investment 10 years from now. I want a little bit more than 1%. So I think when those rates, when those yields drop, a lot of people kind of decide to put their money in other things like uh, so, fast-paced tech stocks, right? So if we I talk mean, about, like, if we're, if we're going to talk about like yield and what yield tells us about bonds specifically, we know that when we have an increased demand for selling, yield goes down. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a decreased yield in, in 2019 for the 10-year bond. What that tells me or what that indicates to me is that you've probably got a lot of investors who are looking at things and going, by 2019, the bull market was already the longest one in history. Right. It was 11 years, right? And so there's definitely someone sitting there going, this business cycle cannot keep going up forever, mm-hmm. right? Something's right. going to happen. But because it's being stretched out longer, maybe I'll buy a 10-year bond because I don't know when it's going to happen, but I don't want to be caught rushing for bonds to secure my portfolios in five years if the, say, say it was three years from this. So 2022 is when the cycle was naturally going to go down. They wouldn't be sitting there going, I need to desperately get my five years. Someone was saying it's not going to be for a few years, but it's going to be less than 10. So you need to be in a position where you can- Right. But hold on. So back up real quick. So like the supply of bonds, right? So if they yank back the supply of 10-year bonds- It would decrease if you're you're decreasing the supply of bonds because the same number of people are looking to buy them, but there's fewer to buy. So you're spending more than the face value of the bond- and a bond is only going to pay you back, remember, the face value plus whatever the coupon interest rate is. Right, yeah, exactly. And so if you're paying more for that than the time value of the sum of it, your yield is negative. You're actually right, losing no, no, but, money on so it. I'm not saying the, the, the face value of the bond. I'm not saying what it would do to the face value of the bond. I'm saying what would it do to the, yeah. to the rates, to, to the return. Yeah, if you decrease the supply of bonds, would the rate go down or go up? It'd have to go up, right? The rate would go down. Wow, I'm yeah. so confused well, so, right now. So what happened is- it a while. I, I knew this a lot better last year. It's inverted the way that works. So like a decrease, a decrease in supply is the same thing as an increase in demand. Mm-hmm. There are either the same number of people trying to buy fewer things, or there's more people trying to buy the same number. And because of that, the price people are paying goes up. Eventually, it goes over the value of the bond, and you have people starting to pay the premium. Yeah. Premium to well, buy the, the bond is priced at a premium versus price at a discount. Versus price right? discount. So. Whereas if it's priced at a discount, that's when you start to see these really high yields because that's where you're saying, "Well, I can I can buy this bond for five hundred dollars. They're going to oh, pay me gotcha. fifty dollars, and then at the end of this, I'm going to get my thousand dollars." So you're getting that thousand. I'm saying, right, right. your yield is better because it was, you spent less. Okay, so the yields that you see that are quoted on like CNBC are those yields based off of bonds that are being newly issued or the or the bonds that are outstanding? Probably, I, I don't know. It would be my only my first one. I well, don't. so that's what I'm saying. Is like, but that's, I would guess that because the number of two year it's the two year bond. It, See, because even in the two-year bonds, you have the two-year bonds that are coming due tomorrow and the two-year bonds that were issued yesterday, right? So, right. See, that's what I mean. So it's probably, just, it's probably some really, it, it, 
you know, the thing is, as the closer you get to, to the expiration date. Or is it just like um, a moving average? Could it just be a moving average? It's, it's probably a moving average. Okay, well, whoever does have the answer, let us know, because I don't know. But all I yeah, know now is- now I'm going to have to look this, I'm going to have to spend this time looking this up later. Yeah, but anyways, um, let's not confuse rates with yields, right? So the rates is, you know, base value of the bond. Is it trading at a at par? Is it trading at a premium? Or is it trading at a discount? And then there's the yield, which is the percent- a fixed income that you receive off of your initial investment, right? So mm-hmm. if the 10 years are like 8%, like a lot of people are like, why would I invest in Apple or whatever? Why would I invest in any sort of really high risk or riskier tech company when my risk-free 10-year yield is 8%, right? Yeah. You know, so, so, so if you think about it, so if you think about like the psychology of investing along those lines, it's like, so now that the 10-year yields are back up, it's like, you know, the tech sector has been hammer the last five days as the bond prices were increasing now is that a causation or a correlation it's probably more of a correlation uh, yeah i, I mean i don't i yeah, don't think exactly. there's a positive right exactly I mean, or, or if there is a cause it's not one or the other they're both reacting to another cause right so i know exactly. i know so that's, a lot of people were worried about what uh what jay powell was gonna say today oh yeah but what he said actually like really pumped the market he said, up. He said well it brought the market back from what a 200 300 point yeah low which, during the session yeah, which everybody was like i mean people were panicking after a 200 point downswing it was like come well on. i woke up and i looked <laughs> and the market was down like 180 points and i think all i thought to myself was like yeah okay like why is it up so high because like i can't i can't explain why it's up yes, so <laughs> okay i can i can't explain it nicely let's make it, a distinction here i, I mean the only on. the only logical explanation for the market being up so high is just that people throwing money in that no one's thinking that there's no that there's that there's mania right. it's one of those things where if it if it trends down for a few weeks like i have i, I understand that that's not what people want and it's not what people want to hear but it might bring the market. I mean, let's put it this way: we talked last week about how the market is just out of control. Well, even Warren, GDP. even Warren Buffett has come out and said, yeah. "I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to the markets. I, I don't know how to evaluate stocks yeah. anymore." And, and that's know? the thing: is I look and I just go, "Like, are we getting to a new normal where, like, maybe we are going to be looking at market cap being twice GDP, and that's like the new normal? <laughs> is that just what? Is that just the inflation that everyone's agreed like?" No, this no, is where no, we are no, now. No, no, because if that's the case, then we just need to change all our metrics and move them. And then it's like, okay, well, we can now we can start to we can do that. But really, it, it, this is just that continuation of our old conversation of the mar- the financial markets are inflated. There's just inflation, runaway inflation. There. Right, but you gotta understand too, like there's the expectation of return too, right? So, so there's an expectation of return. I yeah, but I think what's happened now is people are just looking and they're not seeing they're not seeing the value of a stock and going, oh, this is I'm buying this because. I want to share in the cash flows and the dividend or whatever else not. they're right. buying because they're going, someone else will be willing to pay more later. So now it's a it's gotten to that mentality of just like, as long as the stock price keeps growing, I made a good investment. Right. And that's what like, we talked about last week too, was which was, you know, there's capital growth or there's cash flows, right? You invest for two different reasons. Bonds, for instance, are very much a cash flow, but I mean, you're not expecting any sort of capital growth for the bond, right? Well, no, you yeah, do I not. Mean, yeah. there's no, there is no capital gain there. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, you get $1,000 back whether you pay Twelve hundred for it, right? So yeah, I'm getting a thousand at the end. At the, at the end of the life of the bond, I'm getting a grand. You're getting one grand, right? So, but the thing is, like for a stock, it's like I could buy ten dollars stock and five years from now sell it for a thousand dollars, right? Per share, that's capital growth. You could buy four thousand shares of Aratine and you could sell it for sixty in a few years. Right. You could pay off your house. You could pay off your house. You know, <laughs> that's right. I could pay off my mortgage. Pay off your mortgage. That's right. I could pay off my mortgage. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So I mean, that's Kevin. possible with a bond. That's it's not. It's, so that's that's why often you'll hear things like uh, fixed incomes aren't aren't sexy. So they're bonds not, aren't they're sexy. Not, they're not sexy. But even corporate bonds aren't but, sexy, except for energy set. Energy bonds are sexy. Uh, uh, high yield bonds. Oh, come well, on. Well, 
Hayil, don't say it. Don't say that word. Don't say it. Don't call it. Don't even say the letter. <laughs> uh, it's Moody's doesn't know how to rate, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, you're probably right. Well, they know how to rate. They just don't. I mean, I maybe mean, they're being a little. Okay, so, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to defame them or anything. Okay, so but what's, feel like what's okay? So what's the actual rating uh, that determines whether or not you're quote unquote high yield? So with bonds, I think I <laughs> think C? generally anything under C, double B, isn't it? Oh yeah, it might be. It or might be it B. B. It might just be B, right? Everything under B is junk, right? Hey, B and less is junk. Hey, high yield. Not junk, bro. I said, don't say it, man. Uh, yeah, just said yeah. it. High risk. No, no, high, high yield, bro. Um, Which is, I mean, yes, all, it's all the same thing, right? Whatever. Who cares? I know. I'm just saying. Come I on. I mean, <laughs> look, to me, it's, it's, uh, you know how you lived, when you lived in Lincoln, you know how you go out in the spring and there's that, like, that, in, like, March and there's, like, that first few days when they start manuring the fields again. So you get that really strong smell, mm-hmm. even in town. Yeah. You're just like, wow, it smells like That's cow it. shit. Yeah, you've come on. You've yeah. noticed it, haven't you? Oh, of course I have, man. Like, are you kidding me? There's, there's the, some people that are like, "Oh, the smell. Oh, they're they're manuring pastures." And other people are just like, "Yeah, they're dumping right. cow shit in fields." And it's it's one of those things where it's like you're both saying the same thing. Right. Just which one of you? Which one of you do I trust later to maybe yeah. give me an honest assessment of something? It's probably the person who's going to call it what it is and right. not exactly perfumey phrase. I did that on purpose. While we're on, <laughs> no, right? Shut up. Uh, but while we're on the subject of. Uh, Bonds that are very sure. sexy and high yield sold to us <laughs> by the uh, energy sector. Let's talk about energy oh, for a boy. little bit, right? Cause, I mean, talk about a rally, Uh-oh. you know, with the crude. We talked about this last week, too. I mean, what are they? I, I can't. The last figure I saw, I don't remember what it was. Crude oil was They were above at, 60 and they were down two yep, and a half. 61, two, just over 61. Oh, geez. That's what WTI yeah. was trading at, or is trading yeah, at right yeah, now. There you go. Okay, that sounds about right, too. But, uh, I know OPEC has slashed production, and that's going to cause an increase yep. in prices or sure. the slash production supply. output. Right, and then not to mention all like you know I'm in Dallas, like I I, I kind of live the winter storm of Texas. You know they're saying that yep. that decrease that that's going to impact the output of oil production by like a million barrels a day for I don't know how long. Which really, if, yeah. if, if you think about a million barrels per day, is not a big deal. It's not a whole it's not lot very much, in the grand scheme right? of things. So yeah, not when you've got you know Russia, Saudi, you have OPEC. Right. Yeah. But there's that's it, yeah. it's 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 a solid amount. Like it, it, it's it's no, it's a good. But it's not like it's, it's not drastic. Right. I mean, it's a big enough amount. To, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's a big enough amount to kind of make the WTI and the Brent crude index kind of go up like a maybe half percent or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe oh, yeah. it isn't. I don't know. I'm not an old. Futures guy, I don't know. I just thought <laughs> well, it was pretty, next week. Yeah, exactly. Next week we'll talk more about it. Uh, but just something I want to point out: energy, energy, financials have been rallying. Materials has kind of been up and down. Uh, tech has gotten destroyed by this. Well, I don't know. So this tech, influence. like if, if we look at like the major sectors, we expected energy to take a bath going into COVID. And materials, same thing, right? It's going to take a bath because if there's no industrial throughput, well, yeah, needed, planes you aren't flying, factories aren't open. Yeah, there's no there's no energy yeah. needed to. You don't need the energy, and you right? don't need the materials from, from to and from work, right? So, so you'd expect to see then going into November, you'd expect to see energy start to rebound a, a little bit. But that's because you're going into winter. On top of that, the issue that why wouldn't they rebound as much as they, you know, as much as maybe you'd see in other years? Well, maybe it's because they kept pumping after the COVID shutdown. And so there was so much oil that oil futures went negative in, what was it? That was in April. That yeah, April? that was in April, bro. That was literally on my in birthday April. last year. Yeah, so, you've got, so that's what I mean. <laughs> like you've got this, you've got these huge swings in the value of the commodity oil. And then you get into the winter and it's, well, you still got oil, you still got natural gas, all this stuff. 
clearly there was some demand in the last two weeks. Yeah, but I also feel like it's decreased supply. That's, I think, just as much influencing the price Oh, yeah. Of- well, it'll do the same thing as an increased, you know, a decreased supply or an increased demand. And right, right. now I think they're decreasing supply because that's an oil company knows they can't they can't create demand out of nowhere. Yeah. Another thing, too, that I saw, too, and this is kind of unrelated to what we were just talking about with oil, but <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of all over the place right now. But, but sure. I saw that there was a pullback in consumer spending and then people were starting to go like, people were starting to go like, OK, this is like the economy is actually starting to retract a little bit because the discretionary income the, or the lack thereof of discretionary income in the last nine months is starting to catch up. But I'm also kind of like, this is really the time of year when yeah. consumer spending also pulls back. I mean, as, I don't know, as a former you bartender, can, you and I both know that um, January, February, and March is when it slows down for us. Right. People run into that hangover of like, Christmas especially spending. right at the end, right at the beginning of January, where they're like, wow, I just did Christmas, New Year's Eve, and paid rent. So and I don't have discretionary income for the, for the next month. And for you lovebirds out there, Valentine's Day too. I mean, well, and that's the problem is you get to, you get to February and just it, just when you've recovered enough capital, enough money to have a discretionary income again, if you're lucky enough to have a significant other, mm. there that goes. <laughs> yep. Because Hallmark decreed it, you know? Yeah. And that one's obviously a lot smaller than like the Christmas New yeah, Year's. I mean, you're only buying a gift from one person, right? January rent is like to- triple whammy in a week. Right. Yeah. So you get to March and March is when people start to finally like recover again. And that's, and that's right. when you start to see the economy kind of also, you know, it's cold and it's miserable. And so you're, you get to a point where you're like, oh, it's negative 27. I'm not going out tonight. Yeah. What the hell with that? Yeah, I, and like for me personally, um, I didn't spend any money last week because, well, I, I mean, I tried to, but there was nothing at the grocery store. So. get to Amazon, huh? It's like, I can't, I can't order Uber. You know, I can't do DoorDash. Yeah. What restaurants are open? No, yeah. No restaurants are open. And, and even if they were open, you couldn't call because the cell phone towers yeah, were down. My, well, I mean, my cell phone <laughs> tower was down. Like it was like, it was so sporadic, man. It was so weird. My phone yeah, so was like, I, I noticed that because I like, I would text you and then I wouldn't hear back and then I'd hear back from you between like five and seven and then nothing until the next day. And it was like, right. I, I like, was just like, maybe I'm he's not, only turning his phone on for like two hours right. a day. I mean, I'm not that bad of a texter. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm a pretty bad texter. Well, but no, I, assumed, I assumed something was wrong. I assumed like you had like, you like, you were turning your phone off to conserve like, yeah. like to conserve well, I really charge. appreciate you checking in on me, man. That means a lot. <laughs> well, I had to check on you today because you got that terrible news. Our boy Tiger. Oh gosh, Dude, don't even bring that up. Hey, man. He, it, okay, so uh, now I need to wrap never up. Golf, I know he may never <laughs> golf again, but he is a lot. Uh, well, I hope he does, man. I hope one day I do get to golf with him. Anyways, we do need to wrap up because I'm about to go cry, river of tears over Tiger Woods. I'm sorry. It's okay, man. Yeah, the plus side, maybe you'll beat him when you play golf with him. Oh now. yeah, so I could say I beat Tiger Woods, and I could say, well, huh? Tiger beat Phil, and Tiger beat Ernie Els, and Basically, Tiger beat I'm all the greatest golfer, so I'm the of, greatest all golfer of all time. Is what, is right? I mean, yeah. So yeah, think about all the legends that Tiger has taken down and I can say I beat Tiger. <laughs> Who brought him down? Aaron, Aaron Wong. Wong. God's gift to Drunkenomics. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, right. let's do a quick wrap up. Uh, find us on social media. Get on Discord. Uh, interact with other Econoholics. Hey. Econo- Am I saying that right? I'm saying that so terrible. Econoholics. Econoholics. I like it. What yep. else? If you have any questions for Dave Fiala, any questions about futures, commodities. Get an extension. We're extending the assignment to submit questions. Yes, exactly. Like we say this is a presentation and we don't, we hardly show up prepared ever. It's okay. We got a guest speaker this time. Yeah. We're bringing in a ringer. Yeah, exactly. You know how sometimes like you're in that group presentation or that group project and there's that one smart kid, you know, for us, it, for, for me in my grad school tenure, it was always Linus. Linus, shout out to you, man. I appreciate you. But for us at Drunkonomics now, this week it's Dave Fiala. He's that smart guy that just is going to help you knock out the presentation and give it an A+. So 
We're so excited to have him on. He's been a friend of the podcast for forever. Since the beginning. Yeah, since before, since the, beginning. before the beginning. Yeah, since, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm stoked. I know you're stoked. Uh, he's a fun guy, great guy to talk to. So, mm-hmm. and super, super smart. So, yeah. uh, send us questions. And not to mention, last but not least, uh, merch and uh, Patreon. If you're feeling generous, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I was just, uh, what I'll say about the merch is we've got some pretty sweet merch. Yeah, uh, yeah you do. I think. Yeah, you uh, do. I'm wearing some nice. right now. But this week, you can look forward to seeing uh, some of us in action, it in real time, because I'm finally going to take some pictures for the Instagram. I've also got Flynn, his dog bandana. He looks very good. I mean, your day, your dog may not be as good looking as Flynn, but he can be dressed just as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, they're probably not as good looking as Flynn because Flynn's a very good looking dog. He's a good looking yeah. dog. Very stupid. Dumb which, as a bag of know, I mean, it's a tra- I mean, yeah, it's kind of the trade off, but you know, it is what it is. Anyways, yep. uh, let's tie a bow on it. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you understand our issues. Recommend. <laughs> yeah. With that said, um, I'm out of bourbon, so the only thing I have left to say is. Oh, well, you can't say cheers, can you? No, that's your job. So I guess I have to say, stay economical, my friends. Cheers. A Huda Media Production.